My name is Matt Brown. You're so ugly you could be a modern art masterpiece. What? I'm a handsome man. And let's start the show. What's happening, everybody? The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Thursday, September 2nd, 2021. Yes, we officially hit the month of September, and we're so excited. Fall is just around the corner. We're enjoying the rest of summer, and we're just enjoying life as we know it. But to remind you these quick things I have to do before all the fun starts is don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on Productive Conversations podcast podcast.com and don't forget to check us out in the world of social media we're on instagram at productive conversations podcast we're on twitter at prod convo pod we're on tiktok at productive conversation so it is early fall just around the corner it is just about to be labor day and we are having a big smile on our faces i have to say as a summer comes to an end as we get ready for the fall in our lives again, as college football begins on Saturdays, which includes Tommy's Wagner Seahawks, let's go FCS football, it's going to be fun. We are just enjoying the times that we have. We all know that September is a beautiful month for weather, at least in the Northeast. We know that the leaves are soon going to be changing. We know that spooky season is upon us, and especially young people are going to go crazy over it. We have a lot of fun in store. And the show's almost a year old. October 20th is the day the show started, October 20th, 2020. And yeah, it's been some journey as we close in on our first year of this podcast. But... Either way, we are just keep fighting, pushing, and enjoying what we have. Fantasy football season is just upon us. I'm in two leagues this year. I'm in one with my good friend Biddy. We drafted on Monday. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm uh, pretty satisfied with my team. I think we'll be able to make some pushes. You know, we have Justin Herbert being the quarterback with Zeke, Nick Chubb. Uh, my receivers and Evans and Cup. I'm excited for Kyle Pitts playing for um, Atlanta in the tight end position. I think he's going to be a big star. So we have that. Tonight, we have the Fantasy Football League draft that I started. I usually start a league every single year as commissioner. And though this was quite a uh, journey to get all those guys together in a 14-person league... It uh, we got there, and I mean, it was a pain in the ass. People dropping day a day before the draft, um, you know, trying to get people to come on was uh, harder than usual. But we were able to get fourteen amazing dudes in there, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. And to the person who flaked on me the day before the draft, well, put me in an awkward position. But uh, 
you are forgiven even if you really piss me off that time and please don't flake on people i'm trying my best not to do this to um also not flake i really uh want to be a person of my word when i say i'm gonna be there and i feel like i've been able to accomplish that for the most part but i'm not perfect but uh, I'm going to be working on it and I'm going to not flake. I'm going to say where I want to say. I'm going to say I'm going to be there and I want to want to be there with great energy and a great smile. And it's going to be really intriguing and fun, especially don't do that in your dating life, people. That's not nice. So I'm going to make sure that uh, I continue to be a man of my word. And with that, you know, enough talking about random stuff, but also just want to say, let's go Yankees. It's going to be a great month ahead for that. And football season is upon us. The NFL season two. So next week we are going to have an NFL preview show and we're going to do a lot of covering of the NFL and college football, the Power Five conferences this fall. And we're going to pay attention to the FCS with uh, Tommy's Wagner College Seahawks. So lots of football to look forward to. A crucial month in baseball will be taking place and we will be not we will not be booing our fans like the New York Mets did. But I guess, uh, you know, when you start winning and have come from behind wins, people forget about that, even the fans. But we're just going to be enjoying the ride. Simple as that. So big month ahead. And it's going to be a great one. So why don't we start the month off right? And why don't we put on one of the most phenomenal people I ever worked with in my life? My guest needs no introduction, but she is a fellow intern with me at Nickelodeon. We were Nick Turns together, specifically interning at Nick Jr. in the digital department. She's now making big moves in her career, and she just joined the podcasting world on top of that. She is the host of the Former Child podcast, which will soon be launching on all podcasting platforms, and we are so lucky to have her. My guest today is none other than Nicole Clemens. Yes, Nicole Clemens and I go back being Nick Turns together, having our nice little intern squad, and we made some big moves, of course, back then, making big moves now. And she talks to me about the Former Child podcast that she is launching, which is a podcast connecting childhood movies to your life and how that shaped you into the person you are. So she explains how her love for childhood movies helped create the person she is today and she feels that a lot of people who are fortunate enough to watch movies as a kid help shape them and look at the world a certain way and help make them the person they are today which i totally agree and uh, it will soon be available on all podcasting platforms and once that launches officially we will let you know so we will learn about her jumping into the podcasting sphere and what she feels going into this industry we'll talk about her career in general what she's been doing since interning at Nickelodeon we're going to talk about New York City adulting living in Brooklyn and just enjoying the greatest city in the world while also growing into the person she is becoming and she's going to be very successful at that so why don't we hop into it right now Nicole Clemens it's your turn let's get to it
special guest today, ladies and gentlemen. This, so long ago, I should say, I was an intern at Nickelodeon, specifically for Nick Jr. And here's one of my fellow Nick turds. And in fact, we worked in the very same department at Nick Jr. at Nick Jr. Digital. And here we are. I'm going to say the word six years later, and we're going to have a special reunion. She has joined the podcast in sphere. She has a great career in her own right. And it's time for us to introduce to you the amazing Nicole Clemens. What's up, Nicole? It's great to see you. How are you? It's great you? to see you. Hi. <laughs> Hello. What's going on? How's everything been? First of all, like I said, we mm -hmm. met. I know it's now... I don't know if I'm comfortable with the words to say, but it is uh it's a uh, it's six years. It's a long time. Six there's been, years. A, there's been a quite a lot of changes amongst our oh, man. our whole yeah. world, our industry, and yet we're here thanks to the powers that be of social media to stay in touch. I saw yeah. that you have are about to launch a podcast very soon, which we'll get into. Mm -hmm. And here we are now. So I guess I to know. start everything off. In a broad sphere, Nicole, how have you been? How has the last few years treated you? Oh, man, it's been a lot, <laughs> I would say, in like mm -hmm. one word. Um, it's it's been a, it's been a long time. Um, a lot of changes in that six years, graduated college, yeah. got my first full time job, mm -hmm. um, still in that first time, full, first time, full time job. So get that. Uh, yeah. Where is that surviving exactly? a pandemic? Yeah, mm -hmm. I currently work at Haymarket Media and it's a publishing company. We have like a business media side, but I work on medical communication. So I started as an assistant editor there. Um, mm -hmm. I do have like prior journalism experience from college and I, that's what my major was. Um, so started as an assistant editor, uh, got promoted. I think now it's been a year and a half, uh, Look to associate that. editor. Yeah. Learning a lot, a lot of medicine stuff. Um, once the pandemic happened, I felt like I was an expert in COVID related oh. content. So it's just been a whole bunch of just like learning a whole bunch of healthcare things. So mm -hmm. definitely crazy. You went to Baruch, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That. Yeah. Cool. Technically at business school. So mm -hmm. um, it's it's I did the journalism program and was like in the arts and science uh, department or school, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. um, and I was also like editor in chief of the school paper for a few years and wrote there for quite some time. So um, it's it's been I feel like that was like ages ago, like, right. The whole college experience was so long ago that it it doesn't even seem like I even did it. <laughs> Tell me about it. I mean, not only pandemic aside, who would have thought when we've entered like many years later, a whole pandemic. And it's glad we're at this point. And mm -hmm. I know we still have ways to go, but um, we're at least definitely a step in the right direction. Seeing the Pfizer vaccine getting fully approved by the FDA. Yep. Hopefully soon seeing children getting the vaccine to have those numbers yeah. go up to get that herd immunity we're looking for. Right. And I know at least this week, Fauci was uh, the great Dr. Fauci, of course, was yes. at Anderson Cooper said, mm -hmm. hopefully if things go to 
as pled, we could be seeing fall 22 as a quote unquote back to normal. But obviously anything yeah. can change for the better or worse. But yeah. all we could do is, you know, listen to science, do our part. And yeah, we we, we got this, I'm sure. And don't want so. to, go, <laughs> you know. Don't want to hound you too much on that because I'm yeah. sure you get enough of it at work. But yeah. do you feel, at least on your side, in uh, the communications sphere and working with in healthcare communications, do you feel at least we're still keeping that uh, step in the right direction? You'll take the politics conspiracies aside. Can we at least trust that we are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, whether it's a big light or small? I I hope so from the journals that I've been reporting on and looking mm -hmm. at and editing from. Um, I think that as long as people keep getting vaccinated, once they get vaccines, the trial for 12 and under kids to, to get that approved and make sure that there's no uh, serious side effects for them. As long as we keep heading in that direction, I, I, I have hope because this is, this is just not it. Like I am yeah, right. so tired. I don't, um, I feel like I don't even remember what it was like to have like a normal like life where it's like no yeah. mask and just like going out freely and it's just everything is so much harder. So I, I do hope that um, that eventually like things will get better and improve just as long as people keep getting vaccinated um, and people start. I know that they're in. I think starting maybe next month, they're going to allow booster shots for people. Mm -hmm. um, I think um, that is just like another indication, like the, the shots work. We're still trying yeah. to figure it out um, because, of course, they're not going to last that long, just like how the flu vaccine doesn't last very long. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like a yearly thing. I do think that maybe COVID vaccines are going to have to be a yearly booster type thing. So. Right. So at almost a similar equivalent as getting your flu shot every fall, going your CVS, your Walgreens. Mm -hmm. It is likely that for the rest of our lifetime, there will also be that COVID vaccine option. Don't you think? Th so. mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, until they can keep working on the science and try and find like just like one single shot like they've done for other immunization vaccines that kids get. Um, I think this is just going to be a part of our daily, yearly routines. <laughs> so look at that. Well, at the, like we said before, we won't harp on it too much because everyone's exhausted from it. But at the end of the day, listen to science. I understand. Well, I may not quote unquote understand the opposition. Mm -hmm. I understand that everyone has their right to an opinion. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, for this unique once in a lifetime situation as a pandemic, I hope people can let go of their pride. Think of their fellow men, women and people alike. And yeah. we can have our lessons learned and have a better future because of it. So For let's sure. do our I part agree. individually. Let's turn it back. Like I said, yeah. we started interning fall 2025. Wow, why did I say that? Fall 2015. 2015. <laughs> I know, I was like, wait, we didn't hit that yet. <laughs> yeah, we got a while to then. I'm, I'm not yeah. trying to think 10 year anniversaries. Yeah. But let's, let's talk about that. I mean, we had one really great core of people. Mm -hmm. 
it's great to see our other peers doing well, whether in a communication sphere or mm-hmm. advertising. I've seen some others or filmmaking or whatever. Yeah. I want to say so six years later, we were, we were led by Katie and Amy and mm-hmm. we are now making our own content. I want to say or I want to ask you, Nicole, mm-hmm. six years like and we worked in the exact same department. I believe you were there Monday through Wednesday while I was there Thursday, Friday. Yeah, I think so. I I, I think I did Monday, Wednesday and then you were thought. Yeah. And we like had to share a desk and sometimes yes. <laughs> like I would like write you notes, just be like, yeah, this is what I got up to. So if you mm-hmm. want to do the rest of it, and I oh, feel like I yes. hope he sees the note. I hope nobody like cleans the desk and like takes the note away. So. Oh, it worked out. I got your yeah. notes and we have those special uh, like colored stickies. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, <laughs> quite a time. And we were working on those silly shorts back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I even still bring that up every time I've been in an interview and such. And it's funny how those type of short term short term videos are still a thing and growing yeah. even more. Yeah. But it I mean, there's so much to, to reflect off for there. But first, do you feel what you learned back in your internship, then you're still using in your, you know, your job, your first entry level, then promotion. Do you feel your Nick Turner experience has been carried over throughout your career, both personally and professionally? I think definitely, um, definitely personally, professionally, a little bit, because mm-hmm. um, my role now, it's it's a combination of like writing articles sometimes when I can, um, editing them, but also just managing like production calendars and making sure like things are coordinated correctly and that there's no technical difficulties. If we have to post something in WordPress and it goes wrong or something, I've technically become like the the point person. So Mm. kind of just like having that coordinator role and just like, um, using those skills that I learned from uh, the Nick Jr. internship just to, to just be in a sheet and organizing things. Cause I remember we had to like organize time codes and stuff like that yep. for, for clips and stuff. Oh, so yes. <laughs> being able to, to manage that, I think I definitely still use to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. See, I feel the mm-hmm. same way too, especially on a work ethic standpoint mm-hmm. and being on top of things and how much, People rely on you no matter if you were, you know, if you were an AP or you were an EP or you were a a PA or us as the interns. Everyone Mm -hmm. does really rely on your work and can't let anyone down. And I also learned how very cutthroat the industry is. Mm -hmm. Not that that's a bad thing, but it's a good way to still keep yourself on your toes and make you a better worker. Yeah. So I do still hold those lessons I learned dearly and whether I took it with other internships or PA jobs since then. And even now on, on this show, it, it really is funny how, and also very neat how some of the stuff we learned back then uh, we still use today. And I yeah. think you can attest like do anyone who's trying to get in our industry of communications and content creation has gotten so much more of an emphasis now mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, Go for these big internships, whether big names or small, go for it and go for that as soon as you can. Like, I think yes. I, I didn't start looking for an internship till junior and I'm mm-hmm. very fortunate. And I believe yeah. you were a junior as well. We were pretty young yeah. in that in that sphere. Like a lot of our 
uh, fellow interns were getting ready to graduate and such. And like, I would just say, go for it now. They, you just have to be over the age of 18. And if you show an ethic and you show a passion, you'll Mm. more than likely get those first opportunities, which will help you post-grad and um, so on. I, can you also add on to that and elaborate for any of our yeah. listeners who are trying to get in our industry? I think that it's so important to, like, you may not, you might be a freshman or a sophomore and think that like, oh, I have time until I get an internship and I don't really need to do that right now. And of course, like focus on your studies, but I think getting into internships that are allowing sophomores or even freshmen and starting early is so key. And I wish, like, I wish that I had started earlier than I did Mm -hmm. and gotten as many, like just really applied for myself and don't be afraid to apply to a different, well, a lot of places because I, I didn't really apply for internships at multiple companies. And that's kind of something that I wish that I've done. Cause even if you don't get those um, internships, maybe you might get an email back with someone else's email address and then you can connect with them on LinkedIn. And Definitely. just like, then you have a connection there because they've seen your name, they've seen your resume. And even if you don't end up getting the internship, you still have that, that network, you know, that you're building and just start, start young on it. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, one thing that happened to me, so to, to, te- to be, to attesting what you were saying and showing these recruiters, especially that you really have a passion, you want to do a job well done. So Nick Jr. is actually the second internship I interviewed for that fall or that summer coming in. I originally interviewed for an internship at Spike TV, which is now Paramount Network. Yeah. And I didn't get it for whatever reason, but glad I did because, well, this would not be possible right now if it wasn't. And well, I must've made enough of an impact, you know, not to toot my own horn to the recruiter. Mm -hmm. And there was still enough time while they were still recruiting. And I can't remember the guy's name, but, uh, the HR recruiter at Viacom said, Hey, Matt, I have this other one. If you want to interview for, and I did, and I had an awesome fall after that. So yeah, if that happened to me too. Yeah. Look at that. Do you remember where you originally did? I think I originally interviewed for MTV. Mm. I think I did MTV and then I didn't get that. So then they offered to, for me to interview for Nick. Junior, and I was see? like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> Let's go! All yeah. that on-air promotions team, and mm-hmm. see, it's a grateful circle, and the power of networking and staying in touch like this. Yep. You can uh, make content with your fellow colleagues. So, yeah, don't give up, my friends. Seriously, keep pushing for it, and also understand made to keep those references intact. And some mm-hmm. references will go out of the way than others. I want to make that clear as well. Like mm-hmm. for instance, I. After Nick, I entered, I entered a CNN and I had this met who I thought a mentor at the time. I I don't take it personally now, but he said, hey, Matt, you did great. Stay in touch with me and uh, we'll see what happens uh, once you graduate. And I never heard from him again. I must have sent him like five uh, emails once every two months. And yeah. that's just really the game, how it is. I want to make that clear and don't take that personally. Don't be yeah. cynical like I was at first because mm-hmm. that only leads to anger, anger takes your emotions that you may that will lead to bad decisions. And um, I want to make that clear. Maybe the first or second or third person may just use words and 
to use younger terms, be a fake person. Yeah. But I just want to make clear that there are genuine, decent people who will still vouch for you for that. And they may not have for an sure. opportunity right away, but they'll at least still vouch for you when that opportunity comes and you make a name for yourself and mm-hmm. it can lead to another opportunity that, for instance, there was uh, at I one point worked at A&E Networks mm-hmm. and I must have interviewed there like two years in a row, but I was still, you know, in good spirits with my reference at the time. And I got this project gig in the summer to fall 2019. And, Mm. you know, she didn't have to do that. And I was emailing her as much as the CNN person who was ignoring me at the time, but that's just how it is in this industry. It is competitive. You don't necessarily need, you know, special you know, qualifications like someone in med school or law school. So, but if you still have that passion, hard work, and you never correctly, and just still have a, if you're not afraid to get rejected, rejected and have patience, you will get through. You'll make your own impact here. I'm sure you can attest to that, Nicole. For sure. Yeah. After the Nick Jr. internship, I had applied uh, for a spring internship and I think also summer, but those are kind of more competitive because a lot of the uh, colleges that are in the Midwest kind of go for the summer internship so they could right. spend the summer in New York. Um, but I kept applying and I remember the, the summer afterward, I I was like a super senior. So I had to spend an extra semester mm-hmm. um, at my college. So I wanted to take like the internship uh course that I could just use the internship as a class credit. Um, And um, so I had maybe interviewed about three other different places. After that, I interviewed twice, once at MTV, once at MTV News. The first MTV one, they didn't, um, I didn't get that one because there was like a technical error where they hired two of two people, me and someone else, but on the same schedule. So they had to like let one person go. So all that summer I spent like trying to interview, I interviewed at uh, the tonight show, which was really cool to to be able to like go into the actual building. And I'm sure I I saw uh, Jimmy Fallon (laughs) because he's like very tall. And I thought he like walked in and I just couldn't even like bring myself to like look at him for too long because I felt (laughs) like so like starstruck. Um, But um, that didn't end up uh, working out for me. But then I was able to get um, on the very first day of school, right before I had to like officially enter for um, this internship class, the recruiter was just like, hey, we have one more um, one more interview for you if you want to still do it. And I was like, yes, I want to do it. I'm about to head to school right now, but like I want to interview for this and um, interviewed for it. It went it went well. It went pretty well. Um, and I got a call like and maybe a few hours after the interview saying that I got the the internship there at VH1. So I, I did like a VH1 multi-platform programming internship Love. afterward. So it does work out. You just got to keep trying. Yeah. <laughs> I think you just can't give up because um, even if even if you you talk to other people and they're just like, well, maybe you should try something else in the meantime or like all that stuff. And you might see that as giving up. And it's just like if you keep pushing for it and just keeping that network and showing face as much as possible, I I, I do believe that that good things will will come. Yeah. 
Absolutely. There's no reason why you can't get what you want or strive for. I mean, to be fair, too, we can't always get what we want. But as long as you work hard and kind, good things will happen. Yeah. And with that, there's no reason why we can't do something that satisfies us. And that's what brings us here today. We're still so, so young and have so many years to go. And we're just going to keep pushing forward. And and, uh, Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to see what you're going to pull off, Nicole, and what are other fellow Nick turds and other colleagues and don't be afraid. I want to make that clear. Just don't be afraid. And, And one last thing, too, to add. Mm-hmm. Or I should say two things that one, that's the same thing that happened to me at CNN. If this was the yeah. fall 16, I interviewed a lot in the summer. In fact, I did another Viacom inter- interview that mm-hmm. I was already moving back on campus and they said, mm-hmm. no, again, no hard feelings, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I did a whole week of my uh, spring senior semester and, you know, I remember, so I did both, was it also in the business school and our communications? And I was taking a, uh, I was taking an intro ne- negotiation class and I like did yeah. really bad. Like the person beat me oh. like the very first, right? Uh-huh. So the next day later, a like, same thing, the person he knew me at the time said, Hey, can we, are you around? Are you available? I said, yeah, let's do it. I'll figure out whatever I have to at school if I get it. And mm-hmm. I didn't even have a suit. I remember I borrowed my roommate's suit, which was like two sizes bigger than me. Thank. Oh, wow. In fact, it was like it was a Skype interview before the Zoom did it. Okay. And I interviewed at like 930 and it was like 2 p.m. I was hanging out with my friend Brad, who I'm so close with at lunch. And I got the offer and I was out. And I remember I was telling my professor he I was going to take two classes with him. Dr. Mm-hmm. Ogilvy, I hope you're doing well. And he's like, man. Was it the negotiations class you're leaving because you did so? He literally said, because you did so bad. I said, oh, no, no, doctor. I just have this opportunity. got to go. And um, he supported me. And I had him again this semester after I had to take a winter semester, took mm-hmm. like 12 credits work did all, to make up for the semester I, I missed. But it was worth it. And I was there fall 16 when we had the infamous 2020 election at a big news mm-hmm. network. And that was intense. Oh, yeah. Been That's a long an experience. <laughs> it's been a long time since then. And Nicole, oh, yeah. I remember that day. I my internship was also was a Wednesday, Friday. So mm-hmm. you have election day, Tuesday. Yeah. I remember going to bed thinking the candidate I want and Clinton is like, this is cool. We're going to have a first woman president and we're all going to start a change of lots of great things. And then mm-hmm. we know what happens. Yeah. And it was rainy. It was almost like the, the sun was sad or whatever the world Being and, in New York city yeah. that Wednesday afterward mm-hmm. was so bizarre. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. Was, people were there, but people weren't there. Like, there was no life to anyone. So exactly. I And remember it was like really raining that day. You just Mm -hmm. saw like, I just like everyone was, was nervous at the time. And Mm -hmm. it was so lucky that we're now can look back on that, that Mr. Trump didn't get a reelection, didn't Mm -hmm. um, win a reelection. I I should say, and, you know, we're starting a, you know, another era. You know, whether you agree with it or not, you know, again, people are tired of their opinions, but at least on a morale standpoint, I think things are better. And I think and that's my personal opinion. And we're just, you know, on our way to 
figuring out the mistakes. I mean, it doesn't help that in the pandemics during it too, but yeah. I think uh, we can always go for a road to recovery and, you know, learn from our mistakes and just get better from it. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not giving up as you said. So now <laughs> are you still in New York, Nicole? I am. I actually just moved uh, to Brooklyn in the middle All of the right. pandemic. Yeah, last October. So not just if we're coming up on a year, but uh, my first apartment outside of my parents' home. So look at it's that. Very making moves. <laughs> Before we get into that adulting, there's one last point I want to say. Mm-hmm. So last but not least regarding the media and getting your name in there and uh, making a name for yourself, putting your foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Whether you went to a big communication school or a smaller communication school, I mean, any a university in general, I want to say, you know, we we're fortunate to get into a big con- media conglomerate internship in Viacom. Well, Viacom at the time now is Viacom CBS. Yeah. But you went to Baruch College. I went to the University of Hartford. And they're great schools. They may not have exactly the name or influence like a lot of our others. There was we went with a lot of NYU students, oh, University so of Maryland, mm-hmm. Syracuse. And yet mm-hmm. we were all in the same place. Yeah. So I want to make that clear. Yeah, maybe these other schools might have some more connections and influence. But again, as long as you prove yourself, doesn't really matter where your degree comes from. I want to make that clear, right. too especially yep. when you're getting your internships and entry level jobs. Yeah, I I have a coworker who um, went to Fordham and I got waitlisted from Fordham and I was mm-hmm. very upset about it at the time, but I was 17. So whatever. <laughs> um, and so we were talking about it one day and I was like, yeah, I got waitlisted from there. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm just like, why? We ended up at the same place. Literally. <laughs> and she was just like, oh, OK. And I was like, no offense. <laughs> Duh. But like, yeah. So it's just you have to just apply yourself and just try to work toward your goal and don't forget your goals, you know. Don't forget them. Make Mm -hmm. that clear. Don't forget them. And again, we're only at the beginning of this and we're only going up from here. So let's switch it up again. Nicole, let's talk about some NYC adulting you've been doing. You moved to Brooklyn. Was there a specific preference for Brooklyn? Did you just um, always admire it? Did you want to be like the cast of girls? Oh, God. Um, Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) No. Did you you want to just... um, you know, see other obviously lots of our people in our age love Brooklyn. Did yeah. you just want to see it for yourself and make your own story there? Any reason well, why you picked Brooklyn? I grew up on Staten Island, so I mm. felt that Brooklyn was better. Yeah. Um, and still not too far away from my parents. So like a 30 minute car ride. So Perfect. that was really key. Um, my roommate is a friend from college and she spent a lot of time in Washington Heights, but eventually she moved out to Brooklyn and Flatbush, the Flatbush area. Um, and so we've always wanted to like eventually move into a place together just so that we could have like our own personal space and get away from family essentially. And uh, so we were looking for a lot of places during the pandemic. We found a broker who would like take us on like FaceTime tours of apartments, which yeah. was really nice of her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is so nice. Thank you. Cause mm-hmm. I don't want to go outside right now. Um, Cause it's, it was so far away. Cause uh, 
I was still on Staten Island. So even commuting into the city or Brooklyn was still treacherous. Um, And so we found this place from a friend through a friend on Facebook and she, the, my landlord, it's like a home. So the landlord is actually like a a professor at Brooklyn college. And I was just like, things are falling into place. Like she's really cool. And she's like a film professor. And like, she, she's such a cool person. And so I was just like, this is a good sign. We could do Brooklyn. Like we don't have to go to Washington Heights because the space in Brooklyn, I just feel like, um, you just get so much more space and the fact that this is kind of like a single family, but she converted it into like a two apartment style thing. All right. That I was just like, this is, this is going to be the better choice. Uh, Right close to a train and uh, shopping area. So kind of walkable to Prospect Park. It's it's still like a treacherous walk, but like it's still doable. So (laughs) exactly, exactly. So I thought it was really cool. We do get a lot of fireworks. So if you do hear fireworks, (laughs) that is what's going on in the back. But um, yeah, I just, I liked Brooklyn. I didn't really want to live in Washington Heights. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a lot of convincing my roommate to be like, let's go to Brooklyn. Maybe we could find something there. It's not too far away. Right. So yeah, I do like the area. At the end of the day, most of the neighborhoods all blend in and look the same. And in a way, I I mean, you know, you could obviously if you've been there a long time, you could notice the difference. But in a Mm -hmm. general sphere, you're still in New York City, so you can't beat that. And, you know, she could watch in the Heights to get the feel. (laughs) Oh, we did. (laughs) We did. By the way. Yeah. 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 So. I tagged Anthony Ramos and he will. I had a friend, uh, Chris Thomas. We were talking about movie musicals and I just tagged him and he looked at the whole story. Oh, he did. Yeah. That's so nice. <laughs> Seriously. I, I love when people do that, like like celebrities and stuff. It's oh, fun. Yeah. I like to tag a lot of celebrities. I'll only look at the part they're tagged in. Like, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, Anthony looked at the entire story and hopefully nice. he still remembers it one way or the other. As Yay, Anthony. <laughs> one day he'll be on the show. That's the goal. And cool. yeah, so anyways, out of Brooklyn, have a good time. Oh, and also my brother moved to Staten Island. He goes going to Wagner oh, yeah. College now. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah, it's so a good school. It's a good school. Uh, yeah, he's a freshman. He's going to play football there and we're very oh, proud wow. of him. And, uh, That's great. You know, Congratulations. That's like... I think probably a 10 minute drive from my parents' house. No yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Let's go Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, so that's our, we're excited for that Staten Island connection. May mm-hmm. I say also as a native Staten Islander, mm-hmm. did you like the king of Staten Island? <laughs> oh boy. Oh man, I feel like I'm not supposed to like it, but I think I appreciate it. I like Pete Davidson a lot. Let's oh, yeah. just get that over the way. He's, say what you will about Pete Davidson, but like, I just like him as a person. <laughs> so course. I don't know. But um, if you take the the fact that it's set in Staten Island out of the whole situation, mm-hmm. it's just a movie about a, a guy that keeps messing up and tr- trying to get his life together. Absolutely. You know? Get to the next chapter so, of his life. Exactly. So I do. I did like the movie a lot. I tried to show it to my roommate. She did not like it. And I was like, whatever, <laughs> it's fine. I feel like <laughs> it turns people off a lot because it is named King of Staten Island. And I was reading somewhere that like, 
Pete Davidson didn't really want it to be named that he was going to mm-hmm. name it something else, but then it was suggested to him to be, name it like that. And he was like, I guess fine. Sure. And I was like, yeah. okay, but I feel like the title just turns people away. Cause like, he's not the King of Staten. There's no King of Staten Island. Like, yeah. There's no like iconic person that I could think of. Well, Christina Aguilera, but like <laughs> there's no other iconic, like Staten Islander, you know, that, um, has all this attention and could be called that. So mm-hmm. if it was just titled something differently, I feel like it would have, and if it wasn't released in the middle, the very height of the pandemic, I feel like it would have done a lot better. Right. Yeah. That wasn't even in a theater at all. Mm-hmm. I, that was a tr- pure yeah. video on demand. Mm-hmm. And because they had you had to pay for it. Yeah. It was like 20 something. I think it was like 20 something dollars just to rent it. Right. And they were like, no one's going to watch this. <laughs> so I feel so bad about that. But what are you going to do? He's fine. They're all fine. <laughs> what are you going to do? So back to the adulted part of, NY- yeah. of NYC adulting. It's like we'll call this a segment. So, yeah, living in Brooklyn now. Enjoying your times. You said you were able to have access to the park and you're able mm-hmm. access to shopping centers. So now at this point, and as you're still growing your career, have you liked and enjoyed a community? Well, I should say first, are you working from home? Or are you commuting? I am working from home. I haven't been in my office since March 11th, 2020. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is there stuff on your desk that's still like, yes, <laughs> I need to get that. Yes. Yeah. There are maybe five boxes of tea in my drawer oh, there. <laughs> I know they're like mm-hmm. totally expired now. <laughs> uh, I remember there was a bag of chips that I was very excited about and they're probably like disgusting. Um, oh, and I recently saw a coworker of mine posted a video a while back, but I didn't see it until recently where she was in the office and there's a sweater on the, because we sat next to each other. There's Mm -hmm. a sweater on the back of my chair. And I was like, I forgot I had that sweater. I didn't even remember that I had it. And now I want it again. Mm -hmm. So that's like one of my key like things is just like, I need to get back into the office to get my things. But um, yeah, haven't, haven't been in there since, since then very long time. It's, it's insane. It's, I I know some people that have been in the office Mm -hmm. and like people's plants are like all either dead or just growing crazily. Well, so I'll take the growing crazy part. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which which is nice, but I don't know. I don't know if we'll go back. I mean, yeah, I was going to ask is, is there an anticipated time to come back? Or are you still seeing where things are going? Yeah, it's a voluntary return, I think, starting September 13th, which mm-hmm. is matching up with the return for New York public schools. Um, but I will voluntarily stay home because <laughs> I don't want to. I don't really want to go in Um, eventually. Right. Exactly. So I think eventually it will be like a mandatory three days out of the week return. But with this Delta variant, I don't know. I don't. They're they're saying that they're just playing it by year from CDC right now. But fair enough. I just I don't think so. I think it's going to be some time till they make it mandatory. But yeah. 
Well, we still have the fall and mm-hmm. you know, the holiday season. That's a good time to still wait yes. it out, I feel at least. And I mean, you know, New York in the fall, nothing beats it. Oh, and the holiday man. season in New York. And then it gets so cold excited. and then it's miserable. But you don't have to okay. worry about that for a while. <laughs> yeah. So I feel that, you know, those those t- those months go pretty fast. And hopefully with now more also at the end of the day, more people are getting vaccinated. We can uh, all reevaluate by one by time 2022 starts and yeah. it'll be good from there. So my next question with the NYC adulting, can I ask for anybody who has that aspiration, who has that dream to have a part of their life in New York City. What would you say to that person? What would you do to encourage them? I understand, you know, obviously there's finances involved. There's, Mm -hmm. you know, I know it's been a tough time with crime recently, Mm -hmm. but that is with everywhere. But at the end of the day, being a young person, however, wherever you are in life, what would you say for someone who has that dream to move to the big city still in this, you know, climate we're in? Yeah. If you have that dream, I feel like I, I was lucky being born in, in New York City as long mm-hmm. as like everyone else born in the tri-state area or near New York. But yeah. um, I think that if you do have that dream and you're like, you want to move to New York and just get a job here um, and just to be successful, I, I think you have to just keep trying and mm-hmm. not to give up. Because once you start doubting yourself and your abilities, then it's just, I feel like it's downhill from there. Uh, You have to try and have not mental stability, but like the, the, the self-confidence that you can achieve what you set out to do. Um, And eventually I think you'll be able to make something happen. It's hard. It's really hard. And if someone says that, oh, it's easy they're lying. (laughs) It's it's so hard. Um, But I think it's really important, especially now with everything that we've been through, that you have to hold on to at least something that's positive in your life and something that gives you inspiration. And um, if moving to New York gives you that hope and that positivity and that inspiration, like try and find try and find a way to, to get in there, whether it's doing waitressing for a little bit mm-hmm. or um, working some odd job, you know, babysitting, dog walking, something. Temping, all exactly. I think that there is a way there's, there's, I feel like there's always a way um, to try and do what you want to do. And um, don't doubt yourself. Don't doubt yourself because we are our harshest critics. And for real, I think we need to have more self-compassion. This is something that I'm, I've learned in therapy. <laughs> so now I feel like this is a therapy session, but like, <laughs> I feel like people need to have more self-compassion toward themselves and um, really just be your, be your friend, you know? Absolutely. Sometimes yeah. we are the only person we can trust. Right. And we have to be our biggest cheerleader too. Exactly. Yeah. And it's and I say this in the most respectful way. It's okay to have a healthy ego, not a cocky mm-hmm. one where you think you're right. above yourself, but it's okay to believe in yourself. And I know ego is a very uh, specific word that can make you think, oh, he's full of himself. Yeah. But in this sense, it's okay to just believe in yourself, have that confidence. And then once you're on that other side, 
don't forget to pass on that compassion as well because all your opportunities, someone had to go out there for you. Right. And there is luck involved with that as well. Yeah. But just remember, it's right to be decent. It's good to be mm-hmm. decent and it will get you good places. And my right. last question regarding the NYC adulting is once you've made it, you've you get an apartment, you have a steady job and steady income where you can afford your rent, your utilities, your food, your mm-hmm. laundry situation, all of that. Once you're finally in there. Yeah. What's next? Are you so we just just take it all in? Do you have to focus on the next step? What would you say once you're finally able to get into that next step? What's what's next? What's the best move forward for you? Right. I think it just depends on like what you want to do. Um, For me, it's just like accelerating my career, doing things, trying to apply to things that I actually will have interest in and want to do. And um, I think would would improve and allow me to have like a lifelong career and something that I want to do as well as working on creative projects, like with the podcast that I'm working on or um, learning new hobbies or something like that. I think it just depends on what you think the next focus might be. If you are have an apartment and you want to like get a bigger apartment or something like that, then that might be someone else's focus for the, Mm -hmm. for the time being. It's just like, trying to, to, to find a better place to live and all that stuff. Um, so I think, I think, I think it just depends on, on the person. Yeah, for sure. All right. Appreciate it, Nicole, giving us gold and that will transition us to our next segment here and what brings us here today. And I will give the floor to you. So as I mentioned, Nicole Clements has joined the podcast in sphere. She is the host of the former child podcast, which will very soon be on all podcasting platforms. Now Mm -hmm. I'll hand it off to you, Nicole. Talk to my listeners about what former child is elaborate on it. And where do you want to see this go? Yeah. So former child, um, I, I used to write that in like bios for social media. Like I am mm-hmm. a former child um, just as a joke, but I've always had an interest. I've always had an interest in um, just movies, especially movies from childhood and yeah. like things that I just loved watching as a kid. I have an older sister and a younger brother um, and mm. we're kind of evenly spaced apart. I'm a, obviously a middle child. Uh, can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> but um, she's five years older than me. My brother's four years younger than me. So we've kind of in the same mm. range of things that we had interest in, but kind yeah. of also separate. So I got a lot of just like... 80s kids from my sister stuff and like yeah. early, like late 2000s kids from my brother stuff and just blending those mix of just movies that we used to like to watch and TV shows and video games that we used to play. Um, so I always wanted to to ask. I like asking people like, what what did you do when you were a kid? Like, how did you spend your time? What was your favorite movie? And I think asking someone um, I feel like this is also a good like dating profile opener or like if you go on a date with someone it's like what was your favorite childhood film you know um opening that kind of like pandora's box of just things to talk about is would be great as a podcast and i i, I 
have my guests. I agree. Um, I have my guests watch the film right before we we discuss it so that it's fresh in their mind and they can view it in the eyes of an adult and see if it really holds up to today's standards. Um, and just to, to see like why they liked the film so much and how that kind of influenced who they are today. And I think I think it's it's fun. It's fun. I've recorded a few episodes, so it should be launching soon. Um, but I will let everyone know it should be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as other streaming platforms um, such as Stitcher or Google Play eventually. Yep. Um, but yeah. We we're, we're, we're I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But it's it's fun. It's really fun to have these conversations and to watch films that like I didn't grow up watching. Like, I think um, some of the episodes, one of the episodes we are, we're working on is The Karate Kid. And even though that's a classic 80s film, yes. I've never seen it. So it was mm-hmm. fun to watch it and to watch it with someone who loves the film and um grew up just like quoting it with their siblings and seeing that um, inspiration while we're talking about it and why, why it's such a favorite for them really stands out to me. So, yeah, absolutely. I love the concept. I love the idea of it, especially in a world where we appreciate films more Mm -hmm. and television and looking at them as not something to waste time, but as a legitimate medium of art and storytelling. Yes. And I know we talked about this offline, but if you ever wanted someone else on, I would love to be on. Oh, I, for I know sure. how to, I would answer that question, but I would obviously save it for the show. Okay. And yeah, I was like, going to ask you, I was like, oh, do you want to talk I, about or a few of your favorites if you want? Oh, we could go all day. I mean, look at the back yeah. of my wall. I know <laughs> it's all over here. I really love, obviously love film and cinema <laughs> and I got a more of appreciation of it in I got more of appreciation of it in the pandemic as well. What else were we going to mm-hmm. do? There was a time I was watching right. five movies a day. Oh, wow. but <laughs> n- now I'll watch it in any language and wow. no matter what time period it came out, no mm-hmm. matter the genre, I just learned how to love a good story. Yeah. And I was a, if you asked me a couple of years ago, would I watch horror movies or science fiction? That wouldn't be my first choice. But now I love it as much as a good thriller and comedy, which is my personal favorite. And yeah. I love a great drama. And yeah, like that, something like that, I think, is really sweet. And when we see those early films as a child that makes us understand characters for the first time and right. understand stories, it. It shows mm-hmm. that when you break things down, it it all is a universal language that we can all enjoy. Yeah, and for sure. On the podcasting um, part of it, how have you liked going into this new medium for you, at least? Like, how have you liked becoming, uh, getting the equipment for the first time and recording and seeing this great industry keep growing and growing? It's relatively young. I think yeah. it's really podcasts are really only named in, in the mainstream only for about 10 to 15 years, really. And we're only growing yeah. from there. So what do you think about the whole podcasting industry now? And as you're a part of it? Yeah, I think it's just it's super unique because I remember, especially like in high school and um, in college, like really early on in college, um, podcasts were something that 
we I've known about, but just never like really listened into. And then sometimes I'll go through waves of just like binging a whole bunch of just like, I really like mystery podcasts and true crime podcasts and stuff like that. So those are just like really fun and easy to get into. Um, But it's, it's grown substantially and it's, it's so, I feel like now there's so many different platforms that really help you pave the way to like, make your podcast and um you don't really need the fanciest of mics i mean we have fancy mics but Mm -hmm. like you don't need the fanciest of mics or headphones or stuff like that to to really make them anymore and i think that that's been really really nice to see um and i i think I feel like it's one of the the mediums of just entertainment that has just skyrocketed in like Absolutely. the past like five years out of nowhere. Cause it's sometimes like, it'll have like um, a little bit of like popularity and then like, no one's really talking about podcasts, but then mm-hmm. a new podcast comes out and like, everyone's all gung ho about podcasts again. So I think it, it, I think it's really strong. And it's not going to go away for for a long, long time. So absolutely, um, it's it's definitely fun. It's fun to do. I, I like talking to people and just like, mm-hmm. especially about something as fun as like childhood movies and film absolutely. and stuff. Um, and even just this conversation, this is just fun to just catch up. And Indeed. sure, it's recorded, but it's still fun, you know. So oh, no doubt. And it's yeah. great that we are able to make this content out of it. And I thank you for allowing that to happen, of course. And yeah. all my guests at the time and the guests of the future it's it's so it's very intimate i think that's what i Mm -hmm. learned to appreciate like i love interview podcasts obviously i'm doing one and i do have appreciation for the story aspect of true Mm -hmm. crime and it's so easy to do and our lives and this world has only made us busier and it will make us busier and it's and as we're moving out and about Sometimes it's hard to, you know, do the simple things just reading a book or able to watch a show because we're just the world's making us work harder. So now as podcasts have been introduced, especially the pandemic, you can go a whole day working while still listening to something and get Mm -hmm. something out of it. You know, I realized that concept and I felt you could be productive with it, hence the productive conversation. Mm-hmm. And for others, they are just doing their best to get informed, inspired and entertained. So it's I think that's what's special about the podcast is it's really personal and it mm-hmm. can help people through a lot. And yeah, it's so cool. And it's it is a lot of work. I know people have that joke. Everyone has a podcast. I really hate that term. I know. I really think that's a that's a bad joke because it's like not everyone does. <laughs> like, seriously, know? people might try. But when you realize all the editing you have to do and the podcasting hosts you have to pay for and getting Mm -hmm. your RSS fee out there and stuff. Now, I'm not saying that to discourage people. I'm saying if you want to do it, it's not an easy and breeze as some may make it out to be. But if you just put effort into it, only it just takes me about an hour to record in an hour to edit and Mm -hmm. do all my copy and social media and editing. So just two hours of hard work gives the world a great content and yeah, why, why not do it? And yeah, I just want to see more people do it. And it's, as you mentioned, it's relatively affordable to get Mm -hmm. the equipment you need for it and just go from there. You never know where it's leading. And because it's so new, there's way more opportunities out there as more people are going and, that's why I love seeing people like Call Her Daddy or mm-hmm. someone who's a few years older than us just 
paying got paid 60 million dollars and alex weber to yep. be exclusive spotify and being such an influence to our generation yeah. or you know joe rogan i know not everyone likes joe rogan has yeah. various opinions but as someone who just reinvented himself in his career mm-hmm. that's what Bach has allowed him to do or mark Marin is a i think that's yeah. a better example because of all the yeah. people he gets to interview and stuff yeah. or conan I o'brien Conan O'Brien, Dax Shepard, Dax Shepard, Amp. I'm just like Winnie Cummings. Yeah, it it allows people to have like really nice, genuine conversations, and yes. I think that is missing. It's missing because um, you can shoot text messages off to people. I mean, you could also do like the voice message to people, and it's just not the same, mm-hmm. even a phone call. So, in in especially in the pandemic when we can't be near each other as often, I think that definitely having having this podcast and this platform and just being to be able to um to to talk to the people that you you know and just talk have good conversations productive conversations indeed it's fun it's really nice as simple as that and that's when i thought of the concept like that's i'm just doing what the show is about having productive conversations and because that could be so broad and just giving all the people i'm lucky to have on the show a platform it shows that the worth people have and it's productive for me productive for you and the audience we're only going up from there and the same for what mm-hmm. you're about to do with with former child and like i said it's just going to be so cool what you're going to do with it nicole it is so you. sweet and i can't wait to uh advertise and brag about it for you and let the listeners know and we're just going to keep rolling from there yeah yes of course of course <laughs> So I'll just one last thing on the podcast before we switch it up one more time is um, like, do you remember like some of those early podcasts or stuff that got you into the medium? Like I always been a radio person. That's Mm -hmm. I started like Mike and the Mad Dog with our kids growing up in the tri-state area with my dad. It was like, oh, it's cool. They're talking about sports and obviously a humongous sports fan. And then got into Howard Stern with Sirius XM in high school. Then the first podcast podcast was the Mark Maron podcast simply because I would YouTube the Howard Stern interview someone would illegally put on and they would mm. just put Mark Maron in the suggested box and it was Mark Maron's I think his interview with Conan in 2011 and I was like wow this is really sweet and eight years later I'm doing it myself like that's what I just like the genuine conversation, the first Howard Stern, mm-hmm. Seth Rogen on Howard Stern in 2010 is one I remembered. Then Jonah Hill after that's like, okay, this is awesome. Let's like talk mm-hmm. with my friends or family and you can uh, do cool stuff with it. And now yeah. in college, I just expanded more with it. And I have all these podcast references over here or nice. back there. And Good that's inspiration. Just really- just reminds me what you're going for with it. So mm-hmm. that's what got me into the medium. And obviously pandemic hits. I was working at a casting company at the time that um, right before I, the job actually ended in January, I was going to get another job in March and then we know what happened. So mm-hmm. after watching a lot of movies for six months, I needed to do something else. So with yeah. a stimulus check and some odd job money I was saving, I bought the equipment and now we're here. So that's yeah. what, I that's what brought me to the sphere and doing it myself. Like Mm -hmm. you mentioned your passion for the true crime and stuff like that. Is there anything Mm -hmm. else you want to elaborate on that, on what got you interested in podcasting in general? Yeah, I've 
I've been talking about the concept for my podcast for a few years, but I never like put my money where my mouth was and mm-hmm. got into like actually doing it, looking into the software to like do editing, audio editing, and um, even creating the the thumbnail. Like I knew that I had the skills to to create the cover photos for it, right. but I just didn't. I didn't even get to do that. Um, so eventually, I kind of just like was like, I need to be able to do something with my time and mm-hmm. have my creative projects and be proud of something that I'm doing creatively. Um, and I I was really into when we were in the office at that point just listening to podcasts just to get work done. Cause it my at that time, the work was very repetitive and I could just like right. do it without um, not, not focusing, but like not having as intense focus as I, as some other jobs would. Um, so I would listen to things like uh, there's a podcast called lore and that's kind of like supernatural stuff, <laughs> I um, which is yeah. Lore. Um now I'm into listening to the daily every single day because it comes on my Alexa. Yeah. <laughs> so I have that part of my routine and it's like, I'm getting the news. I don't have to watch the news, but I'll just listen to some news. Um, what else did I listen to in, in college? I was listening to like um, stuff you missed in history class or Ooh, that sounds um, there was another there was another one that was kind of like stuff that you didn't know or stuff yeah something like that so i was doing a lot of like historical um stories type things uh what else do i listen to recently i've i've been listening to a lot of um like fiction podcasts, which is, Ooh. I feel like is a completely different beast because you have the voice actors, you have the background sound effects and all these other things. And it's just so dramatic, but it's, it's like, it's like reading a book, but it's like an audiobook technically, but there's yeah. just like, there's just so much emotion and there's different actors. So um, there's one there's a few that I, I listen to and I can't even remember all their names right now. There's one called Bridgeport, Bridgetown. Bridgeport, uh, Connecticut? I, no, <laughs> I think I'm definitely like messing that up right now, but something like that. There was okay. one called Limetown and that was pretty popular as well. Um, and yeah, so fiction podcast is kind of where I'm, I'm, at right now in terms of listening to them but i did grow up and and to grow up i did grow up in like listening to like tr- a historical podcast and stuff like that so look at that and yeah. we're only growing heat from here and glad yeah. to have you with us in this great podcasting industry that's growing and yeah the future's bright simple yeah. as that so just two more things to call before we call the wraps i just want to simply just geek out of movies really quick with you as a fellow cinephile. Yeah. Are you, do you have a letterbox? A letterbox, like a mailbox? <laughs> or PO box? Sorry. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Sorry. No worries. Letterbox <laughs> is a uh, app, like a social media app for cinephiles and people just write reviews and you can friend them, oh. like them and stuff. It's really cool. I didn't know. I have to write that down. I yeah. didn't know about that. Letterbox. I don't have a letterbox, but now I'm going to look into it. So thank yes. you. <laughs> Absolutely. And please follow me, anyone at mbrown3212. So it's a honestly a way to track my movies and I like reviewing them every, every time now or, you know, not the deep, deep 
A.O. Scott type of reviews, mm-hmm. just dotting down thoughts. Yeah. And I was just simply wanted, wanted to ask, what are some of the uh, recent movies you've watched um, you've watched and really enjoyed? You know, it's yeah. also what's really cool about streaming services now. Now, I actually literally have all of the big ones because mm-hmm. I'm crazy. I have your Netflix, your mm-hmm. HBO Max, Peacocks, Apple TV, um, uh, Hulu and Amazon Prime. And mm-hmm. I will stars and Showtime and I will make sure I watch all of them again, only because I'm crazy. But mm-hmm. I like them all. And that's keeps my letterbox. And it, I didn't realize how much of genuinely analyzing film and perspective and storytelling has helped me understand the world more and what people thinking. And I'm just curious, you know, bringing this all back to form, what are just some movies you've recently seen that you have really liked? That's a good question. Um, I feel like I, I can never remember what I last watched. (laughs) Yeah. There was a time I was like that, but I would, that's where Letterboxd comes in for me personally. That, I just simply jot it down. Exactly. They have a five-star system, and then you can uh, write down what you think and see if other people agree or disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. I did watch the new Space Jam movie. That's <laughs> one that's coming like immediately to my head. Um, what you think? It was okay. Yeah. It's okay. I think big HBO I Max, just, com- a Warner Warner Media commercial. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> yes, so many references, and I'm just like, when will this end? Um, also, LeBron James, not the best actor. No offense, no. but like, I think Michael Jordan was a better actor than you were. I'm gonna have to rewatch Fair Space enough. Jam. But my favorite actor, actor and uh, turn movie star. Well, not movie star, but actor. Sorry, athlete turned actor. It's mm-hmm. Ray Allen and he got game with Spike Lee joined. I think that's the best example. Wow. Jim Brown's been ha, has has some good movies as well. Yeah. Those who I pick and LeBron did not stand when he said, what in the Matrix hell is this? <laughs> Do we uh, <laughs> we had a uh, so oh, convincing. Do I actually gave that a one star? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Five. Man, I, yeah, I agree. I and, agree. I know some people are like, oh, you only think that's because of the kids movie. No, I learned that kids movies, it uh, doesn't make a difference. It's great writing and great acting, mm-hmm. no matter what the what the uh, demographic uh, right. audience is, is a good movie. And yeah, when you have bad acting, you have um, CGI effects that are corny and then just any way for Warner Media to let you know what mm-hmm. they've done. It's uh, annoying. And Uh, I think the first Space Jam had just just had some charm to it that the Mm -hmm. uh, new legacy didn't have. It had Bill Murray. I mean, yeah, there you go. Everything's better with Bill Murray. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, What else have I watched recently? Um, There's this actually there's this trilogy because we were speaking about you speaking about horror for a Mm -hmm. little bit. There's this trilogy on Netflix called The Fear Street. I don't know if you've. Yeah. Isn't that like Fear Street, like 1984 or so it's 1994, I think 1976 and then 1666. And it's based off of. So it goes backwards in that sense. Okay, I like that. I like it. So tell me why you like it. Oh, I like the idea, I should say. I am not big on like horror or thriller and I forced myself to watch it because I heard goosebumps and I was like I like goosebumps I can't Mm -hmm. like pass this up it is it's 
the acting, some of the acting is good. Some of it's, eh, but the, mm-hmm. the plot is just really, really good. And I liked how they melded three different worlds together. Um, and it's scary. Like I had trouble <laughs> sleeping. Very legitimately scary, huh? Yeah. It's just, it's kind of just like super gory and it oh. kind of um, just really allows you to um, relive like those campy horror films. So mm-hmm. like the 90, the 1994 one kind of gives you scream vibes. And then okay. the 1976 is definitely like Halloween and like yeah. murder at a summer camp. And then 1666 witch trials stuff. Ooh. But the way that they just put everything together, um, I think it's just really well done and unique for Netflix. I don't think they've done a trilogy movie series like that before. Mm. It's usually just like, well, I mean, all in like one month. So if they did like, for example, Kissing Booth, which I'm not going to watch the third one. Yeah, I don't that... know why I watched the first two, but I'm I was curious watch... to see what was up. But, you know, that was just tacky uh, those it, ones and it, you make high school fun. people look awful yeah, <laughs> and, and just generations but yeah that's just the thing and i think that didn't work with the prom as well it didn't um really hit some standards i forgot about that <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's to bring it up like, again <laughs> oh man that didn't look good at all that no. didn't look good i also great story and but yeah. the real life story is great but the adaption uh they make a lot of sense yeah yeah so that reminds me of like cats because james corden was also in the prom right yeah he had a like, bad year uh, yeah <laughs> in film like, not good not, not good james i know he, i didn't see the friends union yet because i'm actually watching friends for the first time so I was gonna wait till them. really yeah. how far are you yeah. in? well season one's still <laughs> Me too. That's the thing. Like, I'm trying to rewatch so many different. Like, I'm tr- also in the middle of watching The Simpsons, and that's kind of like my let's go to nice. bed type of show because I grew up watching that when I should not have been watching it. Mm-hmm. But like, I remember seven thirty uh, or seven o'clock yep. channel five. Oh, yeah. growing up all the time just watching The Simpsons, but to see kind of like where the character started and like going into now 32 seasons, yep. I guess. It's just like, it's that. so different. It's so different from how it used to be. Which Are is, you going to hit that 32 you're going for? Might as well. I think so. I'm going to try. But like, I keep rewatching the same four episodes because I keep falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's going to take me maybe 32 years to do it. Hey, it'll still be there, right? Yeah, <laughs> it will. It will. So. Let me ask. Put on the record now, Nicole. What is the scariest movie you've ever seen? The ring. The I didn't ring. even I didn't even like flinch when you said that. Yeah. And that's funny that we're <laughs> And this is the up. American version of the remake or the, the original. The American. Mm-hmm. Because I think I haven't seen that movie since I was um I must have been seven years old. And it was Ooh. March two thousand three. My dad bought a, a like a bootleg copy from some guy. <laughs> my mom used to do the same thing. It was my sister's birthday. She wanted to watch it. So we're watching it. I had nightmares for a month. The only oh. way I could go to sleep. Like, and it wasn't even like Samara, the ghoul 
Like yeah. I've even remember her name. I've only seen it once. I, <laughs> I, it wasn't even like she was coming out of the TV in my dreams and coming to get me. It was just the thought that she existed. Yeah. And I just like, I'm not a horror movie person. So that's mm-hmm. why when I was watching Fear Street, I was like, this is bad news for me, but I oh. need to finish it because I'm stubborn. Um, and the ring is probably top tier scariest like I couldn't I couldn't the only way that I would go to sleep after some time like I would wake up at 2 30 in the morning eight-year-old child 2 30 in the morning just crying because I couldn't stop thinking about it to go to bed I would sing the that's so raven theme song in my head because <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to force those positive manifestations right into my thoughts because I needed something happy so it was it was rough. It was rough for little Nicole. <laughs> well, we're glad yeah. you made it and passed that. And my scariest. And uh, so when I I would say the first scariest as a kid, but I love the movie now. In fact, I have a mm-hmm. reference right here of it. I don't know if mm-hmm. you could see the first Jaws. Jaws. Yeah. When I saw it, I remember I was going to I was on my way to school and it was on someone had it on. And it was the scene where the second time the kid gets eaten, they have that mm-hmm. famous Dolly Zoom Roy Schneider saying, oh, shit's bedding bad. Mm-hmm. And I would just see it him like, oh, and then I yep. see the blood. I'm like, oh, my God, it's bad. And it was like it was a like end of school, too. So mm-hmm. I get ready for the summer was freaking out yeah. and go to the beach that one summer. Nope. But now watching it as a doll, it really is a perfect movie. The score is yeah. perfect. The acting, the directing, the suspense. Mm-hmm. And I know people are like, oh, the shark looks fake. But the way they have the cinematography working out, you can. That's the point. You're. Yeah. It, they have these close ups of this monster because you're not supposed to because you're supposed to be freaked out by it and where you're right. comfortable in claustrophobic situations like that. And, yeah. um, well, I saw it for the first time as an adult, like last year, that was one really? of the movies that, yeah, that was one of the movies that I like binged during the pandemic. And I was very impressed by it. Absolutely. <laughs> like I was very anxious throughout the whole thing. And I was like, right. I know what happens like, but still it's so it's when it's well done, like it doesn't matter if you know Absolutely. the ending. Exactly. So, yeah. With that, I don't have the fear anymore, but the scariest movie I've seen, and I will not rewatch it unless you force me. So it's two, and it's ironically both the same director, the great Ari Aster, mm-hmm. and A24's Hereditary. First, I oh. saw, like, you got to watch it. And I did this as a joke. I never saw it. Oh. <laughs> I'm not so watching it. I can't do it. <laughs> I watched Heredity as a joke. I watched it in the dark with candlelight. Oh, no. What is wrong with you? I was bored. It was pandemic time. I was like, let's see if I could, if this 25-year-old's mindset could hold it. And there was re- are some disturbing images. I wouldn't say scary per se. It was a really suspension with some incredible acting in mm. it. But that still gave me some type of heebie-jeebies. But the one that did, and I watched it in the daylight, and this, I didn't have nightmares per se, but like... Oh boy, I've seen some stuff on the screen. I don't think I'll ever, no. I'll ever get out of my head. And it's yeah. midsummer. Yeah. You ever see midsummer? Nope. <laughs> I'm specifically avoiding any movie that they make. I can't. I can't. A twenty four. Well, no, Ari Aster. Oh, or Ari Aster. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I now, can't do it. Like I watch it for the 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 the. the 
breaking your disbelief for the filmmaking aspect. That's why I watch it. Mm-hmm. But I understand it. I would definitely understand where you're coming from with that. If you do not want to get freaked out, it still is not worth it to yeah. have that. Again, yeah. I'm just crazy when it comes to great content in this world. Yeah. So I guess you will not be seeing he, they announced Disappointed Boulevard with Joaquin Phoenix in the lead. It says oh. here the synopsis is Disappointed Boulevard is an intimate decade-spanning portrait of one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time. And who knows what that is. But Ari Aster has created some images on screen that I will never get out of the rest of my life. And it was mm-hmm. really odd and daunting. And I'm able to just... I'm put my, I choose my, to put myself and be scared like that. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to have that type of fear, don't do it. It's really not yeah. worth it. I read the plot to hereditary because I didn't fully understand it mm-hmm. and it freaked me out so much right <laughs> and I was just like reading this and imagining what happens <laughs> with the actors I was like I can't I can't do this I can't exactly. put myself through that I need to be able to sleep at night <laughs> definitely now if oh. you love filmmaking a horror definitely give it that one watch like I mm-hmm. did but if you don't, if you're going to get it's genuinely freaky, freaky, creepy and yeah. disturbing, it's probably the most disturbing movie I've ever seen. And I'll still go watch the video essays on it. But even those mm-hmm. are freaky because of just the imagery they uh, yeah. that man pulled up with. But he's so talented and I think he's amazing. Just yeah. like, damn, what did mm-hmm. you come up with? I know. <laughs> I felt that same way when I saw Parasite for the first time Mm. um it's my brother is also very into film and cinematography and he does production work sometimes and he kept asking like you got to see paris that you have to see it when are you going to see it let's watch it let's do it so eventually i like gave in and watched it and i was just like this like left me with like a pit in my stomach for sure there are some really disturbing images there too mm -hmm. i don't think it's i can see that it's probably not as scary as hereditary Oh, yeah. I, I, I would imagine. Agree. Yeah, I would say like hereditary is probably much worse and much more like gross looking. But um, it's still if if Parasite left me feeling like very uncomfortable for a long time, I don't think for I sure. can watch Literally hereditary or Midsummer, especially mm-hmm. the comment on the class system and stuff yeah. like that. It That's the real horror at the end of the oh, day. Yeah. I know. I know. Absolutely insane. Absolutely. But so well done. So indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Just one last thing on the movies, then there's one more thing we have to do is just what are just some real good positive movies? Let's can end this on a positive note. Like any great comedies that you're a fan yeah. of in general or inspirational stuff, anything of in genuine recent times, maybe the past few years that really yeah. had a great message that maybe wasn't too corny or tacky. Hmm. Um, man, good question. I. One of my favorite movies, I guess, um, is I'm gonna say it wrong, but it's Amelie. Amelie, the the it's from 2001. Though. Oh yeah, I know it's exactly what you're talking. Mm-hmm. Emily, I know they have they have the girl with the it's the green background and the red shirt with by Jean Pierre Junet. Yes, yes, with great Audrey tattoo. Tattoo. I'm so sorry. So no, it's okay. T-A-U-T-O-U. It's French. Yeah, her. Um, 
great movie. It always makes me feel so nice. It's beautifully done. It's beautifully colored. Like oh, yeah. it just makes you want to be in Paris um, during like the late 90s, early 2000s mm-hmm. and just like puts me in such a good mood. Can't find it streaming anywhere anymore. Sometimes they have it. It used to be on Netflix. They took it off. It used to be oh. on Amazon Prime. They took it off. It used to be on HBO Max. They took it off. I don't understand why they're doing this to me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all in French. I took French for four years in high school. Don't remember anything from it. Aww. But I've seen this film so much that I just know what's going on. Um, and I don't even have to like read the subtitles. It's just like good to have in the background. So that is one of my like top feel good movies, even though it's from like now over 20 years ago. But hey, which is crazy because it's like 20 years ago. That's insane. But yes. I know what you're talking about there, but hey, it shows that a classic movie and a classic story will always mm-hmm. last. And for those who are curious, Amale, it tells the story of a shy waitress played by Audrey Tattoo, who decides to change the lives of those around her for the for better while struggling with their own isolation. That is the Wikipedia <laughs> synopsis. Yeah. And good news. I have this app called Just Watch, which is the Google of of films and streaming service. And if you have uh-huh. a Paramount network, you can watch it there. It's on Paramount? Yes, it is. Paramount. Paramount. It's on Paramount Plus. Yes, Paramount Plus. And of those who want it for free, you could go on Kenopi or Plex or Crackle with ads. Oh, I'm going to have to do that. See you right to here. Do it. Yeah. For all those um, on the... Uh, YouTube feed they could see, but on the mm-hmm. uh, podcasting, I am pointing the Just Watch app, which I highly suggest if you're trying to find a movie or TV show to uh, stream or live theater, go to it. They'll have it for you and they will find where you need to, whether it's streaming or um, renting platforms. So that's a great thing to have. Yeah, this is great. I'm learning so much. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. Paramount Plus. So great stuff. I actually haven't seen that yet, but I know it and I will see it within these next That's two good. weeks and I'll let you know how what I think, because yeah, I've also heard do. it's great. If you uh, care about what the IMBD, um, if you care about the IMBD store, it's an 8.3, which is very high. Mm-hmm. Anything above eight is a classic in my opinion according to them and what's the rotten tomatoes because they really just uh, make us decide what we want an 89 on rotten tomatoes so again very Not legit but most importantly is what you think besides what the yeah. critics think so check it out yeah all right I recommend it indeed nicole this has been a pleasure from start to finish we're just about 117 into it and there's one last thing i'd like to do with you called the prowess questionnaire so they're 10 short but deep questions Mm -hmm. and i would love to hear your perspective on them so are you ready for this sure let's get to it my first question the prowess questionnaire is what is your favorite word meandering meandering all right yeah i'm already forgetting what it means it's like (laughs) it's like wandering without any destination i think i might be wrong i should probably look into that because i would be very embarrassed (laughs) if it's wrong it following a winding course so ah, i was close yeah i just like the way that i just like the way that it, it sounds meandering i like that meandering what's number two 
question. And I mean, I'm the one who's asking. <laughs> Number two is uh, what's your uh, least favorite word? Oh, sloth just popped into my sloth. head for no reason. Really? What does sloth do that, to you? <laughs> nothing. Maybe I meant like slob and then I said I thought sloth at the same time. I don't know. Some I think I would say slob. I just don't like how it sounds. I also like have no a little bit a of a lisp, so I just don't like the the sounds. I guess. No worries on that. But slob or sloth, I like the unique ones because no one has said those words anyway. So we will take yeah. it. Yeah. My next question for you is. Now, this isn't necessarily a sexual question, but some people have dirty minds. And when I ask that <laughs> they think it, but this is more a life and fulfillment question. Like I'm going to ask you something and I'm looking for what fulfillment you get out of it or the most fulfillment, I should say. And mm -hmm. that question is what turns you on? Mm. Okay. Um, seeing other people succeed in something that they worked really hard for. Oh, yes. I think especially if you really care about the person and they do something that and you're just proud, it makes you happy. I'm a very empathetic person, but like I think all around beautiful people succeed is really great. Love it. Love it. Now, having asked that, what turns you off? People that are really mean for no reason. <laughs> Tell me about people, it. People that think that they're 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 hot shit for no mm -hmm. reason. It's like, no, nope, nope, nope. So. Yeah. It always catches you one way or the other. Mm -hmm. What sound or noise do you love? There's the, the sound. I can't do it. I don't know if I can. But when you like <laughs> click, when you're you click your hit your um cheek and it makes the like boink or, or sound like or that. like that, like that mm -hmm. water, like. Mm hmm. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> there you go. I hope that came out clear. That actually I did. Why. I heard it. I heard okay. it perfectly. So when we Good. go enhance it in post. I was like, so. that is the only thing that I know how to do. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's a good one. So what sound or noise do you hate? Um, Bones cracking. Ooh. When people like, because I, I don't know if it's jealousy because I can't like do it <laughs> or if it's the knuckle like, crack. Gross. Yeah. The knuckle crack or like if they do like the neck. There was a TikTok where the girl did her whole body. And oh. I was like, I don't like any of this. This is I could do without this. So nice work if you can get it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yep. What's your favorite curse word? Asshat. <laughs> yeah i say that a lot that's a great one that's the first ass one hat. another first one here mm -hmm. i'm gonna use it because i know a lot of ass hats and i run yep. with them frequently <laughs> what profession other than your own or the many professions you're doing i should say that you would like to attempt what is another profession you're interested in screenwriting screenwriting i have, I have the dream that i want to write a pilot show based yeah. on my, my experience in college um running a student newspaper so let's I do like, it i feel like it's unique no i haven't seen anyone really do that before and nope. i just always have the the thought to do that every day i'm just like why am i not writing something right now so hey it's never too late you know the hundreds of thousands of people who made a name for themselves who yeah. got into screenwriting and filmmaking later. And yeah. I'm sure 
Once you're ready to do it, you'll be on that path to success. And we support you, Nicole. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Anytime. So what profession would you not like to do? Garbage truck. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can't do the smell. Like, I think Definitely that was not. the first thing that pops into my head. I can't do that. <laughs> I think of like the show Dirty Jobs of Mike Rowe from Discovery when that was very popular. Yeah. Discovery. Oh, I've heard that in a Any, while. Anything, anything on that show? No. <laughs> That's a good one. Anything from that classic and check it out on discovery plus mm-hmm. and if my final question for today is if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates you did good kid indeed <laughs> i think that's what i would like to hear it's like you did good so definitely <laughs> definitely on the path for that well nicole this has been nothing but a pleasure. I've enjoyed every yeah. second. You know, Me as I'm too. also, I get, I've been creating a pop culture correspondence team when award season comes up. I would love if you'd like to join us as we, when it's time to do specifically more of the Oscar Golden Globes. I know Emmys are just around the corner, yeah. but I have some uh, football season get ready for, for that. But right after, we would love when that time comes for you to join us, whether it's Mike and my buddy Chris, and we can all geek out and make the right decisions and compete yeah. with E and Entertainment Weekly and stuff. <laughs> yeah. In a few months, we'd love to have you on it because I know you have a great opinion on what's out there now. Thank you. Thank you. I would love to. That sounds fun. Yeah. Excellent. I will definitely <laughs> check in a few months with that. And um, it's looking into a great award season. I can't wait for Wes Anderson's flick to come out. See what mm-hmm. Dune's um, is Dune is worth all the hype and mm-hmm. all the sleepers from the Sundance films that um, I haven't heard yet. Would love to uh, hear your opinions on that as we develop a team there. So it'll yeah. be great in a few months for that. Yeah. All right. So one last time, Nicole, tell us uh, where can we find your social media accounts and then where will be what's the name of your podcast? Where should we find it when you launch it very soon? Yeah. Podcast is former child. Um, You can search my name, Nicole Clemency Lemons. It's that's how you spell the last name. But uh, you can follow me, I think, Twitter, Instagram. I think they're both at Nicole N-I-C-O-L-E-C-L-M-N-S. So I'll be posting podcast updates there coming out really soon for the first episode. Yeah. All right. And we will let you all know when that drops. And again, that's my great friend, Nicole Clemens. Thank you so much for coming on. And we'll talk to you very, very soon. Have a great night, Nicole. And thank you again. Of course. Thank you. See you later. What a great conversation. Nicole Clemens, your debut on the Productive Conversations podcast was a fantastic one. Appreciate you and thank you so much for coming on. I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at Pod. We're on TikTok 
at Productive Conversations. No show on Monday because it's Labor Day, but we're back on Tuesday, and it's going to be another classic episode. And why is that? Because my great friend from high school, Tomar Joseph, is on the Productive Conversations podcast. We talk about what he's been doing since graduating from the 203. He talks about his entrepreneurship endeavors. He talks about becoming a part of the Informstats uh, sports technology startup, which helps connect projected college athletes to content creators and helping them expose their highlights and showing the great and talented athletes they are. So we go into that, future college sports. We talk about the lessons in life he learned and what he was able to grasp growing up in Norwalk and how he takes his life experiences and applies them to what he's doing now. We just hear his uh, great stories and views on life, and and he killed it. A real natural, first time we spoke in eight years, and the conversation just flew by. And seriously, you're all going to like it, and it's going to be a great episode on Tuesday. And then a week from today, we're going to do our official NFL preview show. We have developed a team to cover football all season long, the Productive Conversations football team, specifically NFL and college football. So as the NFL season starts a week from today, we're going to have you ready. We're going to have you psyched. We are going to have you in a good place and have you very excited for an incredible NFL season that is upon us. That's going to be a lot of fun. So we have a big week next week. We are going to be going going in with a hundred and fifty thousand percent effort and we're simply going to do it with a smile on our face and we're going to entertain inform and inspire you in the process i just want to thank my amazing listeners thank you for coming on and making this possible 101 shows in the book let's keep making some more and keep putting smiles on your faces seriously the greatest fans and listeners in the world Thank you. Thank you once again to my amazing guest, Nicole Clemens, for coming on for an incredible story. Be on the lookout for her show, The Former Child Podcast, which will soon be on all podcasts and platforms. And once she launches, I will be sure to let you know of that. And yeah, enjoy your Labor Day weekend, everybody. Enjoy the weather. Keep working hard. Follow the rules when it comes to all the COVID stuff we're dealing with. Come on, everybody. Keep getting vaccinated. This is almost over if we allow it to be. And yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy the Labor Day weekend. And it's going to be a great fall season after that. My name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. And I love and appreciate you all so much. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. See you Tuesday. Peace.